From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. Credit Union board members play an important role in advocacy efforts because legislators recognize their credibility as both volunteers and constituents. Now, a move is afoot to bring unison to those tens of thousands of voices through a National Volunteer Advocacy Army. This initiative, supported by CUNA and many state leagues, will educate, train, and build an army of volunteer advocates. I'm Jennifer Wolt, a senior editor for CUNA News and Credit Union Magazine. I recently spoke with two members of the CUNA Volunteer Leadership Committee who are driving this initiative, former credit union directors turned executives Eric Day and Brad Douglas. So let's talk about your your current roles in the credit union movement. Let's let's start with you, Eric. Okay. Um, Well, I held my own business. In about 20 years, I was on the board of directors of the credit union in Southern California, and I was doing a lot of advocacy work, and, and finally they said, hey, you know, you're spending a lot of time and money doing this. Um, why don't you become an employee of the credit union? So I am actually working in the credit union now as a board liaison. And, and uh, as a result of that, um, I'm very passionate about the, the whole movement and, and I know what advocacy can do. And so for me, um, this has just been a really important message to get out there. So um, I had owned my own company. I sold it about 10 years ago, and I've been devoting most of my time to trying to do advocacy for credit unions because I think it's just that important. And I'm Brad Douglas. I didn't know what a credit union was in the early 2000s and uh, became familiar with one in the Kansas City area where I'm from. Uh, my career, I, I was born and raised in Kansas City, and I'm an attorney, um, but uh, decided to try my luck in Washington, D.C. in the early part of my career and uh, got involved in politics and worked on Capitol Hill. Uh, and in various government roles, and then moved back home to Kansas City in 1999 to to raise a family. And I became involved with credit unions because um, a friend of mine had gone to work for the largest credit union in the Kansas City region. And eventually, uh, I met enough people there through her that I was asked to serve on the board. So in 2006, right at the beginning of the year, I went onto the board of a about a $2 billion credit union. And I served on that board for about 10 years and was chairman of that board for the last four years or so. But during that time, fell in love with the organization and then the credit union model and then credit unions in general. Uh, And then uh, found myself wanting to work in the industry and Kansas and Missouri credit union associations decided to consolidate uh, at the end of 2015 and in 2016 here at the GAC. I went through an interview process at the finals and was offered the job. So I'm now the league president for Kansas and Missouri, or the Heartland Credit Union Association, and I've been in the job almost two years now. And and we've heard about this volunteer advocacy group. Eric, you, right. you kind of were working in California already with a yes, similar program. about three or four years ago, um, I would come to the GAC, and I would come to local hike the hills up in Sacramento for us in California. And... Uh, from a volunteer perspective, there were things for the CEO to do. They got briefings. They, you know, were told what to say and how to say it. Um, and as a volunteer, there really wasn't much for you when you went to these things, except to tag along with your CEO. And but you didn't really have a voice. You didn't have a place to go. You didn't have 
a peer group. So we got together, there was five or six of us that had been really active in politics for a while for the credit union movement, and we decided let's, let's form a peer-to-peer -peer group, but it'll be league-sponsored. So what that means is we um, got together up in, in Sacramento with our league advocates, and then we um, hashed out what's now become this peer-to-peer league-sponsored uh, group. The secret sauce, if you will, of what makes this thing work is the fact that we um, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. So it's not the league sending you a bullet message with you know thousand, thousand other people on that. It's not you know your boss telling you you need to do this. It's another volunteer that goes through the same things that you do and is just as confused in, in how all this works. And they talk to you about, hey, we need you to come to this in-district meeting or we need you to go to this hike the hill. Uh, and it's much more effective because it is peer-to-peer. -peer. And how long have you guys been About three, four years now, I think, yes. And Brad, at some point, you guys heard about this, and, and you and other leagues heard about this and went, this could work, this could be something cool to try to work on nationally. When, when did that kind of first spark in your brain, and what did you do? Well, there's a, there was a step in between, and that is about seven years ago, CUNA formed what uh, is today called the CUNA Volunteer uh, Committee. And uh, it was chaired by a gentleman named John Sackett out of uh, Wisconsin, who's now on the CUNA board. Uh, and they populated it with volunteers from credit unions that had been nominated by either the leagues or by CUNA staff, just people they thought were very uh, influential and had... Um, uh, had a passion for credit unions. And so they put together this committee about six or seven years ago. And after a year or two, they came out with a white paper. And it was all about how do we get volunteers more engaged? How can we get them um, more involved with advocacy? Uh, because as we all know, there are fewer and fewer credit unions, meaning there are fewer and fewer people that can march on Capitol Hill or at their state legislatures. And they, they talked about the importance in that white paper of educating uh, the volunteers. And then when they came uh, out with that paper, they also, I should say, put the chair of that committee, John Sackett, on the CUNA board as an ex officio member. He could not vote, but he had a voice. And for the first time uh, in recent memory, uh, volunteers had at least a voice at the table. And to this day, the volunteer committee, which still exists, uh, has a voice at that table. The chair of that committee, Mr. Eric Day, who's sitting right over here, gets a voice on the CUNA board. So I was asked at, at about three years ago as a volunteer, I was still a volunteer before I became a league president, to serve on that, on that committee. And so once the white paper had come out, Eric and myself and many others that are serving on that committee, there's about 12 people that serve on that committee uh, nationwide, uh, we're looking at what is it that we can do that's actually going to have an impact rather than just getting together once a year and talking about it. We wanted to know what we could do. And we said, really, the most important thing is, is how can we harness the passion of the volunteers around the country that are on this, on, on credit union boards in a way that engages them with education and with advocacy? And we looked around and realized Eric was doing this wonderful thing out in California. And we said, why don't we use that as a model and let's see if the leagues and the credit unions are interested in trying to emulate that. Well, 
it's not going to go anywhere if we're just meeting as a committee and nothing happens. So uh, we took it to the leagues. And I stood up in front of the leagues last year in uh, 2017 and introduced the concept. And then we said uh, later on in the fall, how many leagues are interested in trying to go about doing grassroots and engaging and building uh, an army of volunteers to come do advocacy? And, and immediately, 18 of the 38, 36, 38 leagues that um, exist today said, we're in. Which was a shocker. I had no idea there was that kind of interest. Yeah, it was it was. You're really, a heck of a salesman? Yeah, or yeah. There was a lot so. of pent-up demand. I don't it, know. It's just that uh, the league's grassroots lobbying is very important. Advocacy is very important. And so it fits in a lot of the mission of the strategic plans of the leagues. So if you get the leagues engaged to help support these volunteers, you also have to have the credit union CEOs engaged because we can't just go out to people like Eric, go around the CEOs. So the next step is going to be to begin engaging those CEOs, and that's where we actually sit in the process today. So uh, this this council, this uh, this committee of volunteers is leading an effort uh, staffed by CUNA to both educate volunteers uh, to make them more potent when they go to Capitol Hill or they go to their legislature and and get CEOs more comfortable with putting them in front of policymakers and uh, engaging them in advocacy so that we can keep our numbers uh, at least where they are today and maybe grow them exponentially. There are thousands and thousands of volunteers that if they were engaged in this system might uh, turn out to be really great advocates for us. We think I think that they are great advocates for the simple reason that when you go to you know you're now you're you're going into a legislator's office, he's talking to his constituents. They're not there because the credit union paid them to be there. They're there because they care about this movement. They serve without pay. When you make, give them that message, most of them are just blown back. They just can't really. You do all of this work. You do all yeah because I care about the idea of people helping people. That's a huge. Thing and it, it really resonates with with uh, elected officials. One other thing I also wanted to say was that um, the, uh, volunteers, again, from a volunteer perspective, I don't think it, it, people appreciate this. Really want to be an advocate. They want to help, but most of them feel like, well, I don't have. I need some training. I need some coaching. I need to know what to say and how to say it. And that's what we provide in this peer-to-peer -peer group is that periodically we get together, we talk about the issues, we do training uh, through the league uh, about how to do an in-district visit or how to do, again, an advocacy uh, hike the hill. So it's really uh, helpful. In the that's why it's easy to get people involved in this once their CEO is comfortable with it. And, and we talk to the CEO first and say, we'd like you to help us out and, and you know who on your board might be willing to serve, and uh, it's just it's been great. This initiative is a win-win for, for the credit union movement. Uh, I can tell you uh, that CUNA uh, wins in this because they get an army of advocates, but they also are going to have people coming through their education programs Yes, because CUNA will provide that education along with the leagues. Uh, so it's a win for them. It's a win for the leagues because we're always looking for more people to march on our capitals in the states or to come out here and it's growing every year. We need to keep that momentum going. It's a win-win it's a for the CEOs because then they have a board that begins to understand our system. And when you are a non-paid volunteer and you're a constituent, you are, it's like the holy grail of who's important 
at the top of the hierarchy for a member of Congress or a policymaker uh, in the state legislature because they're not paid lobbyists to be there. They're there because they care. And it is one of the things that makes our industry unique uh, as, as, let's say, compared to banks. I mean, they don't have a grassroots movement. We do. And what we're trying to do is build upon that. When you've approached the volunteers themselves, what, what's their their reaction kind of been? Well, like I said, they actually want to help their, you know, I mean, for instance, they come to the GAC. They want to have some meetings with, with, with their congresspeople because they came here. And, and again, I think for them, if they have just a little bit of training, if they get some education through CUNA, if they get it through their state league, uh, they just need that confidence to, to speak out. And but, but there's a almost every volunteer that I've ever talked to wants to do something like this and wants to be involved in advocacy. You know, there's a gap out there in our industry to be filled in that I believe, as a former volunteer, there are a lot of volunteer boards that do not understand how right. our system is set up. They don't realize they're part of a large ecosystem that starts with the credit union member and then, uh, you know, it's the onion that, that CUNY <laughs> uses as the analogy. Uh, I think of it as a bullseye target, but in the center you have the member, then you have the credit union, and then the next layer out you have the leagues, and then you have CUNA, the next layer, and then finally the World Council. Uh, they don't know all of that until they come out to something like this or they go through a training. And so that's why the training component of it is so important. It gives them context to begin to understand where they fit and why they're important to all of this and that they can have a voice. And so when efforts uh, like California's efforts through Eric and his colleagues out there begin to happen, uh, it's an eye-opener for a lot of volunteers because you know, up to that point, they're just really focused on trying to run their credit unions and help their CEOs. Eric, can you can you give some examples of how your pro the program has been successful in California? Some of those kind of wins that would say, "Hey, this is what you guys can do." Well, again, at, at every one of these things, we try to get together as a group, either for breakfast or you know uh, refreshments after the the meeting, but primarily. And we, we try to have someone there to speak to them about, you know, the importance of what they're doing. And um, we also do educations, again, through the league. The league, uh, some of the advocates will come down and speak to us on, you know, just walk you through. How do you get more involved with your with your legislative person? Um, do you go to, to uh, in-district meetings? When you go, what will you talk about? Um, so it's... It's the educational part, I think, going back to what Brad was saying, is, is it's important. Once they get that and they feel strong, you can't hold them back. If this gets off the ground and running and gets fully embraced by the, the volunteers that are out there, what, what's the potential? I think that if, you know, in California, we started this thing a few years, a couple years ago. We, uh, at every one of these meetings, we gather one or two more volunteers that says, hey, I'd like to join you on this. And they can be as involved as they want or, you know, if they just sign up for what we call Connect for the Cause, uh, which is a letter writing, you know, internet letter writing campaign. It's very effective. It's very easy to do. So some of them, that's all they want to do. Others, they want to do an in-district meeting or they want to try a hike the hill. And we'll give them the confidence to do that. Again, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. If they have questions and concerns, they can call any one of us, and we'll be happy to answer them. But if we got now about 50 or so 
volunteers involved in this in California. Can you imagine if you had 18 leagues? I mean, we're, we're shooting for 100 by the end of this year. But if you had 18 leagues at that, that's an army. Well, and, and I look at the, the potential this way. If there are a half a million volunteers across the United States, there's about just under 6,000 credit unions, and wow. they all have to have a board. And if you figure they average around 10 people per board, you're, you're talking about, what, 60,000? 60 and if we could uh, get a tenth of that in the next five to ten years, you're talking about an additional 6,000 people. There are 5,200 people total at this conference. So you're talking about more than doubling the number of people that are engaged and coming to things like GAC uh, and coming to industry training and events and marching on their capitals. And we're going to need those people because, uh, as I said, that you know our numbers are dwindling um, and and – you know, just think about the power of having all these people who have passion, who are then armed with education and given the confidence to walk into a policymaker's office and make our case for us. It's, it's a very powerful idea. It gets talked about, you know, boards tend to skew a little older. I mean, are, are we connecting oh, with those younger board members too? It's not just board members. It's also, it's, it's any volunteer. So if you're on the supervisory committee or, and that's where a lot of times the training ground for becoming a board member, yes, board members are aging and they do need to be replaced. And where we're finding them is in uh, the, the supervisory committee, any kind of a volunteer, that's all we really require. And in fact, that was kind of a misnomer. Everybody thought, well, if you're not a board member, no, we, that's not it. We want you here. And we'll help you get to that point. Yeah, I'll echo that. Anybody that we can get, any warm bodies yeah, right. who are educated <laughs> and can present well when they walk into a legislator's office, uh, then that's somebody we're, we're interested in recruiting and, and harnessing their passion. Um, and no, age doesn't matter at this point. If, if credit unions are going to continue, we're going to have to involve the next generation. And, and from my perspective, I, I believe that we are built for the next generation. They care very much about uh, philanthropy and uh, mm -hmm. giving back to the community. And that is the nature of credit unions is people helping other people. So uh, I think if we're going to be successful, we will have to tap into that and it will naturally begin to occur. But right now, this is a, a very nascent sort of an effort and it's a, it's a strong initiative that we have a lot of enthusiasm for but we're early. Uh, we still have to get the buy-in from the CEOs. That's the stage we are literally in. We're getting ready to send letters out to CEOs uh, of credit unions saying, hey, we'd really like to tap your volunteers. They may look at that letter and go, what are you talking about? I don't want you messing with my board. Uh, and by the way, I don't want some of my board members in front of members of Congress. So there's, there's some challenges ahead in terms of helping people understand the value at all levels through this. But if we continue to pound away and begin to educate and do it the right way, uh, Eric and I and the rest of the committee, the volunteer leadership committee, uh, firmly believe that this is something that will benefit uh, credit unions at all levels. So once again, you must have read, read my mind because I was going to ask, what, what's the next steps? But it sounds like the education of, of the, the CEOs and trying to get them on board so that they can get their and, volunteers and on board. There again, the CEOs, one of their major concerns is that, well, if they don't understand how to do this, I don't really want them to sit in front of, you know, our representatives. And and but that's what this whole point of this thing is: is in the education through CUNEL or through various leagues, is so that they do have a sophisticated argument when they get there and they know what to say and they know how to say it. 
I can tell you that in the heartland, we're getting ready to really emphasize grassroots and building a grassroots army in Kansas and Missouri. Uh, to the point we're actually going to be hiring a staff person whose full-time job will be to do just that. And they'll be traveling around to different uh, credit unions constantly. And it's another point of contact for us and another touch point with our credit unions. But at the same time, their job will be to begin educating, recruiting, and helping us put together our own volunteer army. One of the beauties of, of Eric's vision uh, in California is that that model, that that sort of initiative can be customized to each of the exactly. leagues in a way that fits whatever the league wants with their credit unions. And uh, it, it, that's, it can be customized. Every league may not be a cookie-cutter approach. It may be a different way to approach their CEOs, for example, uh, or to recruit or to get a staff person to go out and recruit. It, it's going to differ. And, and that's, having that flexibility, we think, is very important to the future, future success. Will it also be then flexibility to advocate for certain issues, whether it's a national issue or even a, a state or local issue? It's going to be useful to us at the local level and at the national level. Wouldn't you, great? Wouldn't you I agree? Would, yeah, I, I think so. What you're harnessing is people's willingness to become involved and to learn more and to engage in a passion. And that's really what's really uh, very cool at the, at the root of this. And it's kind of like the MAP program. I just wanted to go back to what you were saying. You can customize this any way you want. MAP gives us a idea of, of how to go about it, and that's what we've done. We've tried to just give them some basic materials. Here's If you want to do this, here's how you could do it. Here's a, an idea of a letter of how you could write. And then it's really up to them to customize this and make it their own because it, it won't work. And I want to emphasize this too. It's, it has to be peer-to-peer. -peer. It has to be you have to find those in, in your league, and there's, there's some in every league, the five or six people that are volunteers already, they're already passionate, they already want to do this, turn them loose, and you'd be amazed what they can, can get done. Yeah, from a league perspective, I couldn't agree more. Uh, if We know each league, our job is to know who the great advocates are. That's, that's a big part of our job. And we, we can identify who those people are. We know who they are. If we can then harness them to go out and recruit other volunteers for us, and, and we just provide the infrastructure to be able to do that and the, the support to be able to go out and do that, then that's what I think is beautiful about what Eric and his colleagues have been trying to do in California. Our hope is every league becomes involved in this effort. And the beauty of it is that CUNA is involved with it and that then the CEOs. And it's just it becomes a cohesive type of an initiative that uh, five years from now, we hope that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about when we say we're building that volunteer advocacy army. And you mentioned five years. Is, is there any kind of timeline? Is there a... You know, it, anything worthwhile takes time. And how much time that is, I can't tell you. I've been doing the advocacy work for years. I've been doing trying to build this up for the last couple of years. Um, no, there's no timeline. It's just when it's, you just got to keep moving ahead, keep adding people one at a time. Again, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, so you're not wholesale signing people up. And, and I think that's, for me, there is no timeline. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Thank you.